Hey, Emily. Hey, Josh. So, I've heard of a singles bar, but you said this is a doubles bar? Yeah, it's for people who only appear when you're playing two players. Ah, so there's Luigi, there's Jimmy Dragon, the red karate guy. There's Tails. You know, it's kind of sad in here. Well, everyone's just waiting for a second player. Oh look! Bob from Bubble Bobble just got an extra life. Oh man, you know what that means. Aw, now Bub and Bob are a team again. Too bad for everyone else, though. Well, maybe we can cheer them up with some jams on the jukebox. Sounds like a plan. Alright, I'll pick first. I'm going to choose the song Shopping in Style, which is from the game Elibits, composed by Naoyuki Sato and Michiru Yamane. It's for the Wii, and it was recommended by Magic Baloney.
Magic Baloney wrote, You guys have played a few tracks by Michiru Yamane now, so I figured I would suggest this game. She worked on one of the best Wii games, which sadly most people have never played. It has a crazy good soundtrack. I tried for a good half hour, good hour and a half of my life to discover which of the songs in the game were actually hers or if both composers contributed to every song. That was a fruitless, that was fruitless and a waste of my life. So I just chose one of the more epic tracks. So I went with this one because we have not directly addressed the fact that we are not limiting our video game music to any particular era. We've been playing just 16-bit and 8-bit stuff because that's the stuff that we tend to like, but we are not uh, restricting ourselves to that. So here's a Wii track. And it's great to hear uh, the continuing careers of uh, some of our favorite 8-bit and 16-bit music composers. Yeah, that's very true. This song is great, but actually it's not the most uh, melodic song on the Yellow Bits soundtrack. I uh, put on the Yellow Bits soundtrack the other day after we got this recommendation, and it's real good. Everything sounds um, real juicy and melodic. It kind of, it's like really good pork music, I would say. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to the rest of this because this is a solid jam. This is so good. I love this. There's a good mix of it on YouTube, too. Um, yeah. This next selection comes to us from Family Jewels, friend of Legacy Music Hour. Um, it's called On the Missile. It's used in stage five of Battletoads and Double Dragon. And it's written by David Wise and composed for the Sega Genesis.
Family Jewels writes that it reminds him of the underrated 80s new wave band Missing Persons. Have you ever heard of uh, Missing Persons? I have not. So there's some truth to the underratedness. <laughs> Good point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure who they are either. Um, but this track was chosen, I think, sort of in tribute to Julian's own accomplishments recently on Battletoads for the Sega Genesis. Oh, tell me about it. He recently posted a picture on um, the Legacy Music Hour Facebook page showing that he got to stage, I think, eight of the Genesis Whoa. game. Yeah. But we all know how infamous these Battletoads games are. Yeah, I guess you don't even have to beat them and you'll, you're still a legend. That's right. If you even make the attempt. Yeah. I think it's just if you if you beat that underground jet ski level with any lives left over, you're a legend. So, Family Jewels, we salute you for becoming a legend. This is a, this definitely has an 80s feel to it, and I like that. It has a twinkliness that I don't know how else to describe that reminds me of the 80s. Like a little bit of Depeche right. Mode in there before they got all dark. All right, for my second track... I'm going to go with a tune called Organic Beat, which is from Fantasy Star 4, composed by Izuho Ippo Takeuchi. It's for the Genesis, and it was sent in by listener Jonathan Leviathan Lee. Leviathan says, You never forget your first. At the tender age of six, Fantasy Star 4 taught me a lot of important things that I still value when I pick up a controller. Games can have engaging stories, snarky characters will worm their way into your heart, and heroes can die. I decided on picking Organic Beat because it marked the first major dungeon in the game, and when the plot really started to transition, 
from typical local heroics to the exposition of more sinister machinations that had incredibly far-reaching circumstances. Once you reached the then unbeatable boss of this level, you realize just how woefully unprepared you were at that stage of the game. I still try to play this game once a year. I'll never get bored of it." End quote. Yeah, this has a great sound. Would you consider this an organic beat, though, or a more mechanical beat? I think of it as more mechanical, so I'm very interested how this fits into the story. Oh, right. First of all, I love this song. Did you ever play Fantasy Star? I played Fantasy Star 3 just recently, in fact. And the Fantasy Star world, the setting is very interesting because it's fantasy, but there are robots. So there uh, are cyborgs walking around. So maybe this is organic from a cyborg's perspective. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, this song is so good. I, uh, I was interested in it right away because I had just finished Fantasy Star 3, which was great, but it's also apparently the black sheep of the series, and Fantasy Star 4 is supposed to be the penultimate Genesis RPG experience I've heard from a lot of people. Um, so I wanted to listen to this one, and I did, and I wound up listening to it for the entirety of a long car ride that I took. So I listened to this song over and over again. <laughs> for a half an hour, because it was just so good. So I love this recommendation. Thank you, Leviathan. I've got a little bit of a dark dance club vibe going on with my pick so far, I think. Oh, yeah. All right, our next pick is going to be Resident Evil Director's Cut, uh, Mansion Basement. It was credited originally um, to Mamoru, Mamoru Samurakochi. But it was probably actually written by Takashi Nigaki. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, this was recommended by Andy Mangelino, who I happen to know is also Magic Baloney. All right, so let's take a listen. <laughs> And he says, the composer of this song went on to achieve Beethoven-like status in his home country of Japan for his amazing compositions. Now I, Josh and or Emily, present to you my personal favorite track from the game, which perfectly encapsulates a feeling of dread and despair that grips a man in the face of unseen horror. Ha 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 ha. Okay, so maybe the guy was a fraud. Okay, he was a fraud. Google it. Um... What Andy is referring to is the fact that uh, Mamoru Samuragochi 
um, got basically outed for not only not composing the music that his name was associated with, but he was not even really deaf. Oh, really? Now that's a detail I did not know. I remember when this uh, story broke, and last I heard, this composer was deaf and was paying other composers commissions that he then put his name to. So please, go on. Well, I know this track probably took some skill to compose, but I could actually imagine a deaf guy programming this into a computer. (laughs) It sounds like drunk elephants. (laughs) It does. Um, But that combined with, uh, I think, like some zombie imagery maybe would freak me out. I can imagine that. I, uh, I have played Resident Evil and I have the director's cut, but for some reason, uh, the first time I played this game, I played it with a friend at a friend's house, and she must have not had the director's cut version. Uh, the original version had different music, because I originally thought this recommendation was going to be for a track that scares the daylights out of me, and it is not, <laughs> but I believe it is the same area of the game during which that really frightening track plays in the original version. I I think this is a sad story, really, because I'm not excusing the fact that this composer, uh, Samura Gochi, took credit for other people's work, but I am under the impression that he was very distraught by going deaf as a musician. And I feel for that, you know? I have... I have sympathy for that. Not for stealing other people's work, but just where he must have been with his feelings. Yeah, but I think he wasn't deaf. We should Google Oh, that's this. right. You mentioned that. So what's the story there? We should Google that while we listen to this next track. What is your next track today? My next track is going to be Visitor's Center which is from Jurassic Park. Uh, It was composed by Masayuki Nagao. This is the Genesis version, and it was brought to us by listener Jeremy. Jeremy says, Jurassic Park for Genesis is not an easy game, especially if you're playing as Grant. So you are usually down to just one or two lives at this final level. This music is appropriately intense for kicking down doors and hoping the velociraptors behind them don't magically avoid your rockets due to a glitch. (laughs) 
Yeah, this isn't known as one of the greatest games in the world, I don't think. It's really fun to play as the Raptor, though, I'll tell you that. I have beaten this game as the Raptor, but the Grant stuff... I seem to remember getting to a waterfall level and not getting past it and being frustrated. Jeremy's actually a very good friend of mine, and I probably borrowed his copy of the game when I played it. Okay, so information about Mamoru Samuragochi. Okay, check this out. I did right. find this a little interesting. In June 2013, a reporter from the magazine Era interviewed Samuragochi at his apartment in Yokohama but noticed a number of inconsistencies in Samura Gochi's deafness claims, including his ability to respond to questions before the sign language interpreter had finished and standing up to answer a doorbell when it rang. Hmm. Um, and then there was a ghostwriting admission. Let's see. Nigaki also claimed Samura Gochi was not deaf and claims that Samura Gochi was normal hearing and was pretending to be deaf in order to generate a mystique around his image as a composer. So you're telling me that that whole story about his being deaf was constructed just to play on my emotions? It, basically, yes. Basically. Oh, I feel so ahead! Yeah, um... Well, just think about... Yeah, I mean, Japan, actually, if you think about it, they have some sort of tradition of uh, having fake people. <laughs> like, they also have fake people. pop stars that are, like, holograms. Oh, the Vocaloids, yeah. Yeah. But this is... That's cool, though. Yeah, this guy was just straight up lying to people. Wow. Well, thank you for bringing that information to light. Well, I'm sorry to let you know that uh, the composer of Resident Evil was not really a sad, sad man, but an evil bad man. Okay, it looks like I have another track. It's called Staff Roll. And it's from Jack Brothers. It was also recommended... Oh, no, this is a different person. Sorry, Bogus yep. Meat Factory, who is not Magic Baloney. We have a lot of meat substitute. Yeah. It was written by Hiroyuki Yanada, and I'm very excited to listen to a song for the Virtua Boy. Right? Wait. Virtual Boy? Vir Virtual Boy. Okay. Virtual Boy. Virtual boy.
Bogus Meat Factory writes, This is such a fun and light-hearted song from the long-forgotten Virtual Boy. With its delightful sound chip, the system was able to provide a very full-bodied sound with tons of vibrato. Vibratro, sorry. Although the system is not known for its game library, it will still be known for some amazing music. The song in particular, albeit short, embodies the playfulness and creative spirit of the Virtual Boy. I gotta uh, agree with Bogus Meat Factory. It sounds so good. It feels so good to hear it. Yeah, I only used the Virtual Boy once in a Toys R Us. It was on display. And I don't even think I realized that there was music involved, which sounds insane. I should have assumed that, but I guess since it's, you know, a, a thing that you put your face up to, it, it never occurred to me where the music would be coming from, because you're sort of in it when you're playing it. So did people use headphones? Did it just come out of the system? Both? I do not know these answers, but you would think it should have. Maybe it even had like 3D sound or something. If you had <laughs> Surround sound? Yeah. Um, is Bogus Meat Factory saying that it's some sort of a... It's actually an advanced sound chip, probably beyond what was available on the NES and the Game Boy, but not yet what was available on the, on the Super Nintendo, maybe. Yes, I believe that's true. It's definitely not sampled like the Super Nintendo, but it does have, it sounds to me, that it's advanced beyond the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Game Boy. Oh. Do you think it sounds good? It sounds almost TurboGrafx-16-y. Yeah, that's what You can what hear that, right? Say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. There are some games for the Famicom slash Nintendo Entertainment System that had different sound chips inside the cartridge that would expand the capabilities and give you more channels or give you more waveforms. Mm -hmm. You called it expanded sound once, I think. Expanded sound. Yeah. I'm trying to... Like Gimmick has it. Um, yes. Madara 2. Or Moriyasinki yep. Madara 2. Um, and uh, that Megami Tensei 2 game also had it. There are different chips. I believe that the one in Gimmick is different from the one in Megami Tensei 2. But uh, yeah, I was trying to just kind of focus and count the different channels. I did this as a kid at one point. I don't even know why I thought to do this, but I was listening to a Genesis track once, and I was counting the different instruments to see how many could be played simultaneously. But it doesn't even necessarily work that way. It would work that way for the Nintendo because the waveforms are set um, in the different channels. But for the Game Boy, for instance, you can actually change the waveform of a particular channel right in the middle of it. So you can give the impression of more stuff going on. No, I think you can do that with uh, Genesis, especially some games. You can tell that they're working uh, in some... Oh, yeah, with Genesis, definitely. Yeah. Oh, which one could... Did you... I think maybe Genesis and Super Nintendo are the last ones you can kind of count the uh, amount of melody lines they could use or something like that. Yeah, probably. Once you get into disc-based stuff, it's different. Because that's just straight-up recorded audio. Wow. Well, I've listened to that song on loop um, a few times. We should perhaps let the band come back up. Here they are, again, warming up for their next set. Thanks to everyone for hanging out with us again. 
If you want to add your own picks to the VGM Jukebox library, as always, visit thevgmjukebox.blogspot.com, click the Select a Track button on the right, fill out the survey, and your recommendation will get mixed in with the rest of our records. Or email us at thevgmjukebox at gmail.com. Hey, and by the way, we're now available on iTunes. Yay! That link will also be in the blog post. So listen and subscribe! You know, if you want. Thanks. <laughs> the band is playing bar from Front Mission. We'll be back in two weeks. Drop in on us again at the VGM Jukebox.